confess to a priest. What? I'm Father Kurt Hine, and we are going through to be a Christian in Anglican Catechism. We are on question 149, and we're going to be talking about absolution. In other words, the sacrament of reconciliation. So before we get into this, uh, let's go ahead and pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. Amen. So let's get right into this. What is absolution? Question 149. In absolution, a priest, acting under God's authority, pronounces God's forgiveness in response to repentance and confession of sin. So I'm about to share with you one of the best kept secrets of the Christian life, a secret in the Protestant world anyway. And that's the sacrament of reconciliation. Uh, in the Protestant Christian world, often we have this me and my Jesus mentality, and we tend to deny that God would use anybody as a means to deliver his healing and forgiveness. You'll hear people say stuff like this. I don't need to go to some priest to get forgiven, etc., etc. However, we're also really inconsistent about this because in most churches anyway, we will regularly pray for people's healings. We'll even lay our hands on them. And, and, and what do you expect when you do this? Well, you expect that God will somehow work through you when you pray for people. And we sit down and we hear preachers tell us the good news of Jesus and how through the death and resurrection of Christ, he's forgiven our sins. And through this preaching, we experience our sins being lifted and our consciences being unburdened. So what we really need to do is go back to Scripture and ask ourselves, what does Scripture teach us? about this. How do we understand the healing of forgiveness? Can it come through people too? Well, let's see what Jesus said. John chapter 20 verse 22, Jesus has resurrected from the grave and he and he's appeared to his disciples and this is what he tells them. He says, and when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. And St. James, the brother of Jesus, he explains this as well in James chapter 5, verse 14. Listen to what he says here. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So God gives the apostles, we saw that in, in John, and those who continue in the leadership offices of the church, we see that in James, whom he calls elders, he gives them the power to forgive sins. That's this is because the elders act as representatives of Jesus, the presbyteros. That's what I am, a priest. I'm an elder. Um, we are acting as representatives of Jesus. We don't forgive sins because we have the power in ourselves, but because the power of Jesus, who has won over sin and death on the cross, has been given to us, that we've become administrators of this freedom, of this power, this freedom from sin, and this ability to release people from sin's power. Now, because the Protestant church doesn't practice this um, sacrament of reconciliation, they try to make up other ways for confession and, and absolution to happen because there's something we understand deep inside that there's a need for this confession. And, and what I've found in Protestant churches, we create what we call accountability groups. I don't know if you've heard of these, um, but I've found these groups to be insufficient. And, and this is why. I mean, I think they're a good attempt 
but they're insufficient because first, these accountability groups, they lack um, spiritual authority. It's almost always a peer group of some sort. People just like me, without any special authority uh, given to them by the church. And I experienced one of these when I was in, in college. Second, um, these groups lacked trust. I never was really able to make a good full confession of my sin because I never really trusted my peer group. And I think with good reason. And then thirdly, these groups lack wisdom. Um, when you confess deep sin, you want someone who knows how, um, how to help you bring that sin to God, how to find um, forgiveness, how to find peace, and also who can give you good advice. And, and in, these, in these accountability groups, they're well-intentioned, but they were completely untrained college students. I mean, we, we didn't really know much of anything. We needed, we needed something more than that. So confessing to a priest, the sacrament of reconciliation, where you go and confess to a priest, is so much be better for all three of these reasons, because the priest has been given spiritual authority. Rooted in John chapter 20, he is trustworthy. In fact, if the priest reveals anything that's told to him in the confession, then he will be defrocked. I mean, it's a serious, serious thing. And also, your priest has received some training on how to hear, hear confession and to help you find peace in Christ's forgiveness. And so this, this ministry of reconciliation, this, uh, this sacrament of reconciliation, is really, really important. I'm continuing. Question 150. What grace does God give to you in absolution? In absolution, God conveys his pardon through the cross, removes and cancels my sin, declares me reconciled and at peace with him, and grants me the assurance of his grace and salvation. Uh, one of my favorite verses is Psalms, Psalm 103, verse 12, where God says, as far as, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. This is what the psalmist says. How far is the east from the west? Well, it's an infinite distance, isn't it? And this is how far the dying body of Jesus has removed our sins from us. Praise God. Through the death and resurrection of Jesus, your sins are as far as the east is from the west. In fact, in the Greek word, in the Greek language, the word forgiveness simply means to release. Through Christ, God has released us from our sins. He's released our sins from us. We are free. So going to confession, let's face it, is incredibly difficult, especially the closer you are to the sin that needs confessing. Um, in the Anglican Church, we don't, unlike the Roman Church, we don't require confession. It's not something you have to do but it's something you can do, and it's very, very um, important to do. But what makes it so difficult to go to confession? Well, it's difficult because it's a dying to self. It's a crucifixion, if you will. Dietrich Bonhoeffer puts it this way in his great book, Life Together. He says, quote, It is nothing else but our fellowship with Jesus Christ that leads us to the, ignomin to the ignominious dying that comes in confession, in order that we may in truth share in his cross, the cross of Jesus destroys all pride. See, what is at stake? What is being crucified when we go to confession? It's our pride. It's our pride. We have to confess. We've got to own our sin. We've got to say we've done wrong. And that hurts every single time. But what do we find when we're crucified with Christ? That it is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. When we embrace, uh, when we embrace humility through the gift of God, we actually find liberty. We go, this is the wonder of confession. We're humbled and we are humbled. And as we see our pride dying, that, that horrible death, we hear the sweet words of God's pardon and we leave in peace.
Continuing question 151. What is necessary to receive the grace of absolution? Repentance, in which I intend to resist further sin, accept responsibility for my actions, and endeavor to repair damage I have caused, and faith, by which I thankfully receive God's forgiveness. We have to remember that the sacrament is not a vending machine. Like, it, like the other sacraments, it is relational, not transactional. Uh, the forgiveness of sin is only affected when the one who comes is willing to actually do battle with sin and accept responsibility for their actions. Without accepting responsibility, and this is the part that takes a divine gift of humility, there is no forgiveness. To be really forgiven, you must really confess. And we all know the difference between a true and false confession, right? When someone hurts you and they say, well, I'm sorry I made you feel that way. We understand they're not really confessing their sin. They're just kind of sorry that you feel bad about it. A real confession would be something like, I'm sorry I was a jerk to you. <laughs> and this is the difference between a true and a, and a false confession. There is no forgiveness given to the person who does not truly confess. If we confess our sins, St. John says in his first epistle, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This also means that if there is any damage caused by our sin, that we need to take real steps to repair that damage done. For example, if you stole money, you need to return that money. And that's, that's the fruit of repentance. The only caveat to this, of course, is that if going back and reconnecting to the one injured would hurt them more, then don't do it. If this would be the case, then leave, just leave it in the past. Uh, like step nine in AA, I like what they say. They say, uh, quote, make direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. So as the Catechism says, we must come before God through the means of the priest in faith. Right? It must be in faith. That is, trusting to hear God's word and taking that word into our heart as truth. And when we come to confession in that way, when you come to confession in that way, you will find freedom. See, Satan wants you to keep your sin in the dark. He's going to lie to you. He's going to say you're the only one with this kind of sin. He's going to say um, that you can, you can um, defeat this sin yourself. Well, let me ask you, how is that going for you? I know it's not going well because Satan has you where he wants you if he has your sin in the dark. Where he where what he does not want you to do is he does not want you to die to yourself. He does not want you to go to your priest. He does not want you to confess that sin in tears and to feel the pain of it. And he does not want you to hear the love and freedom that Christ has for you, that he won for you on the cross and through his resurrection. He does not want you living free from guilt. He does not want you finding freedom from your sin. So, if that's what you want, I recommend going to confession regularly. If you've liked this video, hit the like button, subscribe, share it with your friends, leave a comment, and I will talk to you again next week.